Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. Psychologist, author, speaker, musician, former professor, and the host of Love and Life, Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Welcome to Love and Life. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. The questions keep coming in and you know I want to support you in every way possible. So today's episode is another Love and Life Q&A. The first question asks, can I trust the sparks I'm feeling for someone? Next we go into, should I get a prenup? And finally we look at whether or not it's part of a relationship to let other women know that's my man. Another Love and Life Q&A episode after this. Hi, Dr. Karen. I've been hearing lately that butterflies and overwhelming responses in our nervous systems can actually be a potential warning sign of a trauma bond or anxious attachment with someone. Is this true? And if so, how can we know whether we can trust the sparks and butterflies or not? Thank you. Bye. I love this question because I think it's something that so many of us wrestle with, trying to understand if our sparks, the butterflies, if that's healthy, if that's an indication that there is that romantic sexual chemistry that we want in a partner. Of course we want that. Otherwise, we would just marry our best friend. Or if the sparks are perhaps misdirected, are these sparks a relic from Something that happened in our past, an unhealthy attachment, an anxious attachment, as you noted, or something that is indicating to us that we can't trust this energy that we're feeling, it's leading us in the wrong direction. So great question. I hear variations of this question a lot, and so I'm so happy to address it right now. As you know, I've spoken to this many times in my Love Smarter, Not Harder IGTVs and also on the podcast in several episodes, I go by Dr. Robert Sternberg's triangular theory of love. And we need the three components that he specifies for that total package or what he calls consummate love. We want that commitment. Of course, we want to know that our partner is faithful and that we can trust our partner. We want the intimacy. We want to marry our best friend. Of course we do. We're going to be spending more time with this person than anyone else. We should be best friends. And we also want the sparks, the romantic chemistry, that sexual attraction, the zazazoo, as Carrie Bradshaw in Sex and the City called it. And yeah, can we trust our sparks? When we feel the sparks, can we believe that those sparks are indicating to us that, yes, we have the necessary energy with this person. We're going to have that romantic compatibility that distinguishes this relationship with every other relationship that we have. We don't have it with family members. We don't have it with friends. That's what makes our person, our partner, that's what makes it special. So to get to your question, yes, you want to have the sparks. You want to have that intensity, the butterflies. You want to be, when you first meet this person, you want to think about them all the time. It's supposed to be like that. You're falling in love, and even the term itself connotes the experience. You're falling. You feel like you're not in control, and that's part of the fun of it, right? But we want to know that the feelings we're having are letting us fall into the direction of being with someone 
someone who's good for us, who's a good fit, and that this isn't some sort of relic from unhealthy experiences we've gone through in the past. So if we are dating empowered, and you know I have the Empowered Dating Playbook and so much of what I'm about and the the guests I bring on the podcast, I want us to be approaching dating from an empowered standpoint, from an empowered position, so that we are not going to fall prey to people who are out to, to manipulate us or take advantage of us. And we can better assess our own sparks and the feelings that we're having and trust them if we are coming from an empowered position. So it starts with number one, presenting yourself on the dating scene as high status. And if anyone has any questions about this and what I mean by this, please go back to episode 92 with my conversation with Dr. Dwayna Welch. She presents all the science behind why we as women benefit when we present ourselves in the dating community as a high status woman. What we're doing here is basically telling the men that we are interacting with, I'm interested in you. I don't need you. I'm interested in pursuing partnership but I don't need to have you in my life. This is not a sassy, like, I don't need a man thing. No, it's a, I want to be in partnership. I deeply desire to find that kind of connection. I want to meet my person, but I don't need anyone to complete me, to fulfill me, to make me feel okay about myself. When we present ourselves in the dating scene from that standpoint, we're better equipped to analyze our sparks. So you use the term overwhelming. And as I noted, yes, we should feel all the feels when we are falling in love or when we're catching feels for someone. We're going to be thinking about them all the time. And that's the fun part of it. But it shouldn't be overwhelming. And what I mean by that is it shouldn't keep you from being a good friend, from being the family member that you normally are, from being productive at work. Yeah, you're going to be a little bit distracted because there's this person and you're excited about them, but it shouldn't be overwhelming. If it's overwhelming to the point that you can't function, then it's time to go to therapy. It's not time to get into a relationship. The overwhelming piece would concern me for sure. And when it comes to a trauma bond, I really want us to analyze what are the sparks about? Are the sparks about excitement for the potential of a future with someone who really interests you and intrigues you and excites you? Or are the sparks coming from a place of deficit or lack? Or as Ken Page, author of Deeper Dating, who appeared on my podcast in episode 63, calls Attractions of Deprivation. You have to be really honest with yourself and you can do it. You don't have to be a prisoner to your past. If you look at what this attraction, what are the sparks about? And if you realize that your attractions tend to lead you in a direction of partnership with someone who is bad for you, then as I said earlier, it's time to 
step aside from dating and step into therapy because we can absolutely become attracted to people who are good for us, but it may take some time if we've had a trauma bond or if we've had some sort of experience that has pointed us in the direction of guys who aren't good for us. So ultimately, to wrap up this question, it's about the spark's energy. So what is beneath the spark? Is it excitement and interest and the potential for a future relationship with this person? Or do you sense that the spark has an element of desperation, of this has to work, or... I feel so amazing with this person because I feel so not amazing when I'm not with this person. If underlying the spark is any ounce of insecurity or lack of feeling complete on our own or I must have this because it's going to make me feel okay about myself then we know the spark is misguided. It's that energy that's coming from something, from a place of lack, from a void within us that we are hoping this relationship will somehow complete and satisfy. And if that's the energy of the spark, then we know it is rooted in something that's unhealthy and we absolutely must address that because to have a healthy and happy and fulfilling relationship, we must bring to that relationship a fully happy, healthy, independent person who doesn't need to be with anybody, but who certainly wants to be in partnership. Are you looking for customized, personalized gifts? Mugshop Montreal by Brie Jackson has got you covered. She offers a beautiful selection of high-quality, personalized custom products. What started off as a fun project for family and friends soon developed into a passion for creating custom keepsakes for anyone, for any occasion. She decided to take the plunge and follow her artistic vision by creating Mugshop Montreal, a home-based business where she collaborates directly with her clients using their inspiration to design a detailed, heartwarming souvenir that many have given as gifts or have decided to keep for themselves. You can visit her on Instagram and Facebook at Mugshop Montreal to browse her lovely products. Hi, Dr. Karen. I am questioning how to approach a prenup for a relationship where I am financially carrying the weight. And uh, my fiance has a son and I'm pretty much paying for all of our living expenses. And he's going to be going to graduate school And with the intention of increasing his income and earning potential. But I just wanted to know how to go about talking about this in a way that is productive and not assuming. If you could give me any advice, that would be great. Thanks. Bye. So for sure, this is a concern. 
and a prenup is always kind of a delicate topic to address. But from what you've shared with me, I'm so glad that you are considering this and that you want to make sure that you protect yourself. Overall, in general, I think prenups are fantastic because why not? Because anyone who is madly in love with their partner and absolutely knows that there is no way that they will ever leave their partner or there will ever be any problems that would ever sever the relationship, that person is perfectly fine signing a prenup because they know it will never, ever need to be used. But the concern is, of course, how to bring it up. So I think when you're talking with your fiancé, it would be so reasonable and mature and just what adults do to say, as we move forward, we're going to need to think about things like wills and God forbid if one of us would pass away, what's going to happen with your son and custody and finances. These are all just very appropriate conversations to have. And I hope that at this point in your relationship, you're both comfortable being grown-ups and saying things like, right, like, I don't know about the boy's mother if she's involved. And to the extent that she is or isn't, what's that going to mean for you should your fiancé pass away? And again, it feels very morbid to talk about all this, but it's also just very grown-up and the responsible thing to do. So I would approach it as, hey, as we get closer to being married, there's some things we should probably sort out. Like if you pass away, what is my obligation and responsibility to your kid? And is your ex going to be involved in that? Or is that my responsibility and finances? And you're in grad school and I'm currently paying for things. And what would that look like? I just feel like it's a very reasonable conversation to have. And I would just approach it very matter of fact, very much like, yeah, we got to go down to the, the courthouse and get our marriage license. And we should also probably talk about the realities of us being married and the financial realities therein. And a prenup makes perfect sense. And I would just say it like, if you were to pass away, am I to care for your kid? Like once we're married, we need to look at what that looks like legally for a stepmother. Is she financially responsible for the child? Because the child is involved, I think it's very, it's kind of easier in a way to make sure that you and he identify any legal responsibilities that would be yours should something happen. And again, it feels morbid, but it's actually just being a grown-up. If you're looking for some in-depth support, head over to my website, loveandlifemedia.com and click on the Work With Me tab to schedule a consultation. Consultations will help you clarify underlying emotional and psychological concerns, will target limiting beliefs and thought patterns, will learn empowering techniques from cognitive therapy to sustainably elevate your mindset and mood, will identify relationship dynamics which are impeding your goals, and will together generate a concrete plan for moving forward to help you thrive in love and life. Schedule your consultation today at loveandlifemedia.com. 
I'd love to work with you. My question is, why do women feel like they need to compete with other women when it comes to showing that they're interested in a man? Is that considered like woman's code? Is that being territorial? Is that toxic behavior, narcissistic, insecurity? That is my question. Why do women feel like they need to flex or quote-unquote pissing contest to show that they are significant in this other person's life? That is my question. And for a woman that runs with feminine energy... How can she make it known that she is confident in her status in her man, in her man's life? How can she show that she doesn't need to do that and that he won't overlook her and become complacent or for him to not even consider her as an option to date that he goes off to date, I don't know, women that maybe consider quote-unquote bitchy or assertive or aggressive or glamazon or I don't, I don't know for lack of a better word, but I think you get the gist of where I'm coming from. So this question actually harkens back to what I talked about a moment ago about being empowered when we date. And we take this empowerment into our relationships such that We are not trying to prove to anyone else that our man loves us. We don't need to be having an energy of step aside, lady, or step off my man. I got this. I'm flexing because he's my man. All of this is toxic. All of this is unhealthy. And it makes me sad, honestly. It makes me sad that anyone would be in the position of feeling so insecure in their relationship that they felt the need to let all the other women know that he's with me. First of all, it pits women against each other, which is unnecessary and certainly not empowered women behavior where we know who we are. And if we're in relationship with someone, we know that that person wants to be with us. And we're not worried. I mean, if you're with a good guy who's a man of integrity, who's loyal and faithful, you can parade a lot of beautiful women in front of him and he's not interested. He is going home to you. That's your man. Paul Newman once said, and I don't know if there was a reporter who asked him about being faithful to his wife, Joanne Woodward, but he said, Yeah, there's hamburger out there, but I go home to steak. And when we feel confident in our connection to our partner, we know that we are steak. He's steak, you're steak, there's steak at home, there's no need to mess around with anyone else anywhere. And if you haven't achieved that with your partnership, then there's something in the partnership that's flawed. Because ultimately, no one can mess with your relationship unless there is a willingness on the part of one of you to be messed with. And you spoke to feminine energy, which I think is so key. 
this bit about women being catty with other women to protect their territory, to protect their relationship with their man, that's not feminine energy whatsoever. But women sometimes think they need to play these games. There's a book that was very popular called Why Men Love Bitches or something along those lines. And then women think, okay, I got to be posturing and I got to be tough and I got to show my man I'm not going to take it and I got to show these other women that they better not step to my man. And really? To me, that just sounds like insecurity. That I got to show these other women that that's my man. I can tell you right now, I have never felt the need to show anyone ever that Dan is my man because you know what? Dan shows me and everyone around us at all times that he belongs to me. He's happy to do that. He's excited to do that because he's proud of me and our relationship. So this whole energy is so foreign to what I am hoping we will be striving for as empowered women dating. We're not about this petty stuff. We're not interested in it. So if you see women trying to kind of mark their territory, let them have it, right? Like you don't want their man. (laughs) It's really sad that they feel that they have to defend their relationship to that level that they have to let all the other women know he's mine that's pathetic to me so really this comes down to what are you looking for in a relationship and if you don't want that kind of drama which I would assume most of the women in my community do not want that kind of drama then you just step aside from that and ultimately there are two elements here Yes, we can let someone know we're interested in them without lowering our status. And Dr. Welch talks about that in Love Factually. And then her other book, which is basically Love Factually 2.0, Love Factually for Single Parents. But like I said, it's more like a sequel to Love Factually. You absolutely don't need to be a single parent to derive so much good stuff from Love Factually for Single Parents and those who date them. So yes, when we are beginning a relationship or just trying to get someone's attention, we can absolutely use the science of flirting to enhance our chances of connecting with someone that we are interested in. We don't have to be completely passive as women, even though Dr. Welch does talk about the evolutionary psychology research that shows that it behooves women to let the men pursue us. But we can use our feminine wiles, so to speak, to indicate that we are interested. And that's the flirting research. So check that out in episode 92 and episode 123, both with Dr. Welch. But when it comes to the idea of you're in a relationship and you're sensing that your man wants you to posture and indicate to other women that he belongs to you, 
To me, that is such an unhealthy dynamic. I don't even know where to start. Honestly, I think that relationship is doomed. If Dan wanted me to run around town whenever we went to a party to try to flex on these women to make sure that they knew he was with me, I would be so turned off. I would just want to tell him, you need to be confident in in and of yourself and who you are in, in our relationship. I do not need to remind everyone that we are together. It's it's unhealthy. It's it speaks to insecurity. And if your partner is that insecure that they are expecting you to defend your relationship to everyone else, or else they don't feel that you really care about them. I'm exhausted just talking about this. That is so unhealthy to me. So I guess my final thought on this is if people want that and they want this catty business where someone is dating someone, but she has to still remind all the other women that this man is mine and I'm going to get catty with you because of it. Let these people live their lives and do their thing and be toxic and unhealthy and you step away from all of that and pursue someone who is confident enough that when you are with them, they know that you are with them and they don't expect you to actively communicate to everyone around them that they are with you. Again, that sounds exhausting unhealthy, and as you said, toxic to the core. So if you find yourself part of this energy, I would step aside. This is not the relationship for you. If you have just a few seconds to help me out, I would so appreciate it. You can do so by heading over to Apple Podcasts, giving us a five-star rating and a few sentences of review that helps others find the program and join the Love and Life family. The Love and Life hack for this week is, I'm here for you. Bring the questions, keep them coming. I hope that my thoughts will be supportive and helpful. Thank you for being a part of this community. Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. As always, it means everything to me that you've chosen to spend a portion of your day with me. I hope that you feel edified and empowered and better equipped to tackle your love life and your life in general. I talked about it a couple times during this episode, but if you haven't grabbed my Empowered Dating Playbook, please head over to my website, loveandlifemedia.com and get yours. It will help you love smarter, not harder, date smarter, not harder, and it will help you approach the dating scene with an empowered mindset and perspective. For anyone who has picked it up, please let me know your thoughts. This is Dr. Karen Anderson April, and until next time, make it a great week. Love and Life is produced by Tim May and hosts and executive producer, Dr. Karen Anderson April.